Sing it again. No. <laughs> I was going to try and catch you out on the podcast. Welcome to Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 54. Elle was just singing to me off mic and I couldn't catch it. I'm gutted. It was really good. <laughs> I'm not a performing monkey. <laughs> I'm Elle. That is Elle. How Hi. are you doing? I was okay until you tried to trick me and now I feel betrayed. <laughs> <laughs> betrayed. Uh, we have a brand new issue of Metal Hammer out as of Friday, so Yay. depending on when you listen to this. Uh, it's a big one, I hinted about it a couple of weeks back. We have brought Ghost back to the cover of Metal Hammer, uh, one of the most hotly debated, one of the most loved, one of the most hated. That was mm. rhymed, that was quite good. Uh, <laughs> uh, undeniably one of the biggest things in the world of metal today, we have a world exclusive new interview with Tobias Forge. I went over to Paris uh, last, no it was this month wasn't it? Still, yeah. still just this month, uh, earlier, earlier in February, uh, to check out the, their show, um, a, a fucking massive arena, which I talked about a few weeks back. Also got to talk to Tobias for a good while about, uh, about his career, about how he's basically taken this bizarre concept and turned it into, I think, undisputedly, one of the biggest things in, uh, like I said, in the world of metal today. Um, it's a very revealing interview, he's very candid about where he's at, about where everything came from. He talks to us about the origin of Papa Emeritus, uh, where the Papa idea for the... Papa Emeritus or Emeritus? Emeritus. Is Emeritus? It? Papa E. Who cares he's gone now? <laughs> no, I'm curious. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. Um, he talks, yeah, talks to me about uh, Cardinal and the plans for him. Uh, it could be around for another five years, apparently. What? He's got some really deep plans for this guy moving forward. So five years is a long time. That is a long time. time. Multiple albums and all the rest of it. Uh, and yeah, it's a really good look behind the mask of the man who created Ghost. And if you're a Ghost fanatic like, well, like we are, uh, we've got two covers for you this, uh, this month. So two exclusive Ghost covers and each cover comes with different sets of gifts. Uh, we have two different variants of a special ghost art print created for us by the brilliant Luke Priest, who did our Aussie art cover a while back. He's also worked with Metallica, amongst others. Uh, so you can get two different art, um, uh, really nice A4 art variant pieces, a uh, different one with each cover. And one of the covers comes with an exclusive uh, Grutifix laptop sticker. The other one comes with an exclusive ghost sticker pack. I think there's 10 different designs on there. So, loads of ghosts out there for you, uh, if you like that kind of thing, which you should, because they're fucking brilliant. Uh, and yeah, each cover comes with its own exclusive set of gifts. It's really good, and we're also going to be unveiling a bundle very soon, so if you're waiting on that, don't worry, it will be up. All sorts of ghost things going on. That's not all that's in the new issue, though, Elle. What else is in there? I don't know. You should, because they've got those notes right there, uh, that they've fully typed out, just in case. Okay. What is in the issue? <laughs> Iron Maiden, Rotting Christ, Architects, Venom Prison, While She Sleeps, Dime Bash, Children of Bodom, Twin Temple, The Raven Age, Dream Theatre. And? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't read out the way that I wrote down. Yeah, loads of fucking mad shit. We, we talked to uh, Iron Maiden, um, or we, well, we talked to some people around Iron Maiden along with some, uh, some age-old interviews with the band about Brave New World, how that basically, it didn't exactly save their career, but it certainly saved their skin a little bit. Revitalised. Yeah, it revitalised yeah. them. One of my very, 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 very favourite Maiden albums, the album that took them back to greatness after a bit of a difficult time of it in the 90s. So we go back inside the story of Brave New World. 
Uh, and yeah, we talked to Rotting Christ about their fucking awesome new album. That album is so good, The Heretics. It's, it's unbelievable. It's very, 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 very uh, yeah, we go to Wembley with Architects. Uh, I mean, Els just reeled them all off. Um, Twin Temple as well. We're going to talk about them a bit more in a couple of weeks, I think, because they're a really, really cool new band that we're very excited about. There's just shitloads of stuff in it. And two exclusive ghost covers. Where else are you going to get that? Where else, I tell you? I'm going to wait here while you all tell me, even though I can't hear what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, the new issue of Metal Hammer, out on Friday, it's massive, it's exclusive, it's got so much cool stuff in it. Um, yeah, fucking wicked. We were, we were pouring over it today in the, in the office because we just got our copies as well. It's really good. Triple, triple promise. I'm going to stop plugging our shit now. What have you been up to this week? <laughs> I went to see Vane. Yes, how was that? Well, I missed the first couple of songs. It was at a place called the New Cross Inn in London and it's like a pub venue, like a sort of big pub venue. And I walked past it um, a few times when bands have been on and it's just completely, the windows look like they've been painted over white because it's steamed up, it gets very hot in there. And so oh, wow. I missed the first couple of songs and opened the door and there was no room, but I just squeezed myself into the back. And then my glasses steamed up. So, I, so I it sounds like a anything. miserable experience so far. I couldn't see anything, and the guy next to me was like laughing, and um, I was like, "Tell me what's happening on stage. I can't see anything." <laughs> and it was insane. Uh, Vane, obviously, I think we've spoken about them before briefly, sort of but probably worth recapping. In a similar really. vein to what Code Orange are doing, but more hardcorey. Yeah. And if you like if you like hardcore and that first Slipknot album, you will like Vane, I think. Yeah. Basically. And it was completely packed and everyone was going crazy. It was what you'd expect. It's the same kind of crowd as a turnstile crowd, really, if I was gonna compare it. And there were people crowd surfing. Was there any crowd killing? I don't want to be, don't want to be judgmental see. of the hardcore scene, but you sometimes get some pretty ferocious. I uh, couldn't see. I didn't see because it was just at the back trying to see I couldn't see any crowd killing but everyone was really really into it and I didn't see any injuries everyone was just really really hyped up so I don't think it was like there was no bad attitude from anyone there that I could see everyone was just super stoked to see them and I'd be surprised if they didn't come back soon because it's clearly an audience out there yeah everyone's stoked on that band very cool yeah. we'll put, we, we should do something with them yeah let's freaking do it <laughs> it was good I enjoyed it next time I want to get there earlier and see a bit more <laughs> yeah and maybe wear contact lenses yeah maybe wear contact lenses that's my top tip if you Lovely. see Vane yeah. uh, well I went to a gig as well this week I basically topped up my metal credentials for the year so I can just go back to listening to Papa Roach mixtapes the rest of the year now because I went to this gig good um, I went to see Girls Words I just realised I don't know how to say it I, did, I was going to ask Jonathan Girls Word? I think it's Word. Girls it's Word. It's just spelt ye olde way. Yeah, Girls Word. Um, W-Y-R-D. Extreme metal legend, uh, formerly of Gorgoroth, also of uh, Godseed and uh, Wadruna and various others. Um, so, I mean, I, I was quite interested to see uh, what Girls show would be like as well. Um, but to be honest, I was mainly going for Tribulation. Uh, so, uh, because they're just fucking great and... Um, uh, I last saw them with Arch Enemy, thought they were really good there. And I thought it'd be good to see them in a slightly more intimate setting, although it was at the uh, the Islington Academy, which is still, I don't know, a good few hundred people, isn't it? But um, yeah, I got in there about halfway through, through uh, a band called, I don't know if it's Uada or Uada, 
UADA. Anyway, I'm doing terribly with my pronunciation. Sorry, I'm just losing all my fucking metal points that I want to get. Pronunciation. Whatever. Um, anyway, so yeah, I saw this brand new Uada. I'm going to call them Uada. Uada. We'll go with Uada. Uh, um, uh, I'd never heard of them. Briefly looked them up before I went to see them. They're uh, from Portland and they're kind of, uh, uh, I guess, some melodic black metal post wolves in the throne room kind of vibe. Um, and I thought they were fucking great, actually. They, they all had, uh, they all kind of hooded um, and they had like long sleeves and they kind of looked like. Uh, the assassins of Assassin's Creed, but that's a shit reference point. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what that that is, but that whatever that is, properly historically, that I'm making myself. What depends which Assassin's Creed start. you're talking about? Well, they're all hooded in long sleeves. Like. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they um, kind of like hooded like, draped over your face. Yeah, like draped right yeah. over. I couldn't see any of their faces at yeah. all. Um, uh, and yeah, it was really good. It was it was quite. Uh, uh, it got better and better as it went on. They kind of started, and it was quite. Um, I don't want to say plodding, but quite like slow paced, quite methodical. Uh, you know, quite lumbering, big riffs with like nice melodies kind of weaved in, and then it kind of got heavier and heavier, and uh, kind of almost faster as it went along. And then for the final song, they're all kind of like riffing and soloing all over the place. It, it got like really heavy metal at the end. It was really cool, um, and you can see the crowd. You can see a few people that, that were there that knew them, mm. um, but by the end you could definitely see people really getting into it. Um, the they only problem- They sound great. The what? They sound great. I really liked them, I've been listening to them since. I, I definitely uh, would, would recommend them if people aren't uh, familiar with them and they're into that kind of, like I said, whole melodic black metal vibe. Um, and you'll probably pronounce them better than I have as well. So Sorry, there man. you go. Um, the only problem I had with them was that every time the guy went for a kind of piercing metal shriek, it didn't really come out as a yeah. It kind of came out as a. Ugh! It was a bit like oh it kind of killed the vibe a couple of times for me. Why um, was that then? Just to... I don't know. It was kind of I don't know. It just didn't quite work. But it, it was only a couple of tiny, tiny things like. But it it did annoy me a little bit. But apart from that, they were fucking great. Mm. Uh, Tribulation, uh, on the other hand, um, were just fucking awesome. Just absolutely awesome. For people who aren't familiar with them, they're kind of Swedish. I can't remember if we talked about them before when they supported our channel. I think Jonathan might have talked about them. Yes, he would have, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Seltzer, reviews editor, and uh, has been on this podcast a good few times, is very big on them. They, they're basically a Swedish death metal band who were kind of like solid and always very well thought of and critically acclaimed to a point. Um, but on the last couple of albums, they started to bring in these more kind of gothic... Uh, almost like flamboyant elements. Um, Children of the Night, which came out in 2015, and Down Below, which came out last year. It's a brilliant album. Um, and now they've kind of just, their whole vibe has got this kind of real edge of showmanship to it. So they had this kind of, uh, they had like dry eyes, they had these little steam cannons going up, which is pretty impressive to see in the, in the Islington Academy. Um, and they just sounded really good, and loads of people were there for them. In fact, I think that the crowd thinned a little bit, mm. just a little bit after um, they came off stage. They played for an hour and 10 minutes as well. That's a long time. That is a long time. I, I was mainly there for them, and even I was a bit like, God, this is a long time for a fucking support act. Uh, but they went down really well. They looked great. They're all kind of like, I guess, corpse painted, but kind of subtly corpse painted. Like, they kind of look like, um, oh, what's the, what's the really funny vampire film that everyone loves? What they do in the shadows. Yeah, what they do in the shadows. What, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows, yeah. They kind of look like they've just come off the set of that. Like they, they just kind of look like cool, kind of charismatic, slightly campy vampires. 
Uh, and yeah, people were really into it. And afterwards, they did this kind of the, the big bow, and people were really cheering them, like really, really going for them. Um, so yeah, I think they're definitely one of the most exciting bands in the underground at the moment. And uh, I think they've. Uh, I think we've talked about bands like Behemoth and various others that have kind of come from the extreme metal scene and have kind of uh, transcended it a bit. And I think Tribulation could definitely have the capacity to do that. So I'm fascinated to see what they're doing with Alex Talman because they were really, really good. Awesome. Very cool. Um, I watched a bit of Gal. I watched uh, three or four songs. Um, he kind of came on looking really imperious. He just, he's just such a rock star, man. Like, he, he's, if you haven't seen Gal, like, he's kind of really tall, imposing figure, gaunt, uh, kind of long, pointy, goatee beard, long, um, lank hair, uh, courts painted up wearing a leather jacket and jeans and boots and he just looked fucking awesome uh, he came on I, I didn't know which songs were from which era because he does a, he does across all the different things he's done when he's playing his own shows and he's playing his own new solo material as well um, so I couldn't I wasn't quite sure which was from what but it was a kind of mixture of like tribalistics kind of spoken word chanting stuff where the rest of the band would just be standing there kind of imperiously like playing their instruments and like staring out the crowd looking really ominous and then there'll be points where he would just go full throttle start screaming and the band would start properly playing and riffing out and rocking out it was really really cool um, but I, yeah as I said I was mainly there for tribulation so I only saw a bit of Gull but um, I'm very interested to see or hear what that new album from him sounds like because apparently it's not very black metal at all mm. and you can read more about that in an upcoming issue of Metal Hub, by the way really so not the new one, but the, the, soon, <laughs> the new new one after that. So there we go. A solid week of gigs. Yeah, I should have mentioned it. It's quite funny. I, um, I Instagrammed um, a couple of pictures from Vane, and someone contacted me on Instagram and said he was walking past the venue uh, on his way home from work, and he saw two guys hardcore dancing outside, and it made him smile. But... <laughs> <laughs> Just funny, it's funny because, you know, we're so busy in there and people obviously just wanted to be there and having a good time outside as well. Everyone's having a lovely time. That's a good good, uh, sign though, shit like that's going on. Uh, What's been happening in the world of news, in the world of metal specifically? (laughs) Download have added 17 more bands plus NXT UK Wrestling. That's loads. I've got the list. Go on. Uh, so yeah, seventeen more bands added to this year's lineup. They got Simple Creatures headline in the second stage. Now that's a side project, of which I have no interest. If memory serves, isn't it someone from Blink One Eight Two and someone from All Time Low or something like that? Oh, you mean Alex Gaskoff and um, Mark Hoppus? Yeah, it's them, isn't it? Yeah. Well, good for them. I'll be watching Slipknot. Uh, also added, All Us In Love, Clouds, Dinosaur Pileup, Goodbye June, Graveyard, they're a great band, Hot Milk, Kim Jennett, Cavell Attack, who I still haven't seen with their new singer. Ridiculously. Uh, Lost Society, they're a wicked, awesome thrash band, if no one's listened to them, go check that band out. Nova Twins, Queen Z, Rome, Simple Creatures, Your Mates, yeah, The Who. Yeah, The Who. The Who, that's the H-U. Uh, who Elle talked about was only last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to watch The Who. Yeah. Uh, the Picture Books, The Wonder Years, and Bambo. I don't know who that is. Mm. It's like a vampire Rambo. It's a terrible joke. I hope uh, they are. No, I really enjoyed it, actually. That'll be good. <laughs> I really hope the singer is just, like, dressed in a cape with fangs and then has something tied around and his head. And a bandana, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
Uh, also added NXT New UK. So if you're a wrestling fan, you know what that is. If you're not a wrestling fan, that's WWE's kind of developmental uh, uh, system, uh, specifically from the UK. So Pete Dunne's coming up. Uh, Tyler Bates going to be there. Trent Seven, Walter, who's a fucking massive. Oh, I think he's Austrian, um, dude. Uh, Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley, Jordan Devlin, and various others. That should be really good. I used to watch pretty much all those guys at Progress Wrestling where they still go sometimes, and they're all brilliant. So if you fancy a bit, something a bit different, definitely go and check out a bit of the old NXT UK. So yeah, that'd be great. Nikki Six is still moaning about Kiss. Why? <laughs> Fucking get over it, Why? Mate. Go on, what's happened now? Uh, he's done a new interview this week where someone's asked him why he's upset about Kiss. Oh, so that's sort of other people fanning the flames. He didn't do it on his own. Um, he didn't just well, I don't, a random moan. I don't know. No, he's not had a random moan, but he has decided to kind of expand upon his, his moaning. Yes. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's, I think he, he's got a bee in his bonnet because he says that it looks like Kiss specifically went to the same company to order the same platform, kind bonnet. of moving platforms <laughs> that Motley Crue got on their farewell tour. I mean, so how, there you go. But that, oh, I mean, we did this last week, I just yeah. thought it was funny that this is a thing. How many companies provide that kind of equipment and how many provide it for such large shows? Yeah, and again, it's Kiss. They yeah. wrote the rule book on 90% of this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Motley Crue wouldn't be playing with fire and all the rest of it wasn't for Kiss. It just comes out a bit lame, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's all be friends. Yeah, exactly. Take the higher ground. Definitely. Um, a massive US tour has been announced, and I just wanted to put it in here purely to see Elvis' face. Because one for the band, <laughs> and, and two to know that she probably can't go. Why are you so horrible? <laughs> go on then. <coughs> I want to go really badly. It's Corn and Alice in Chains. That's mental. On a US tour. That is I want to go so badly. That would be the best tour. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday, and I'd be interested to see what those crowds are like, because I feel like Corn, obviously very much from the same era, you're going to get a lot of people of a certain vintage, like us, who would be absolutely all over that, if you're a, a fan of metal in the 90s. Um, but I kind of feel like Alice in Chains have slightly more crossed over to a bit more of a chill kind of your dad I was upset yesterday kind of because you called it dad rock and I was like no, shut up they're not dad rock like I, I, you know I thought the last album was better than the one before it I think they're in, in, in good form and all that but I think you're more likely to see your dad kind of people no. at Alice in Chains than no, Corn, no, no. personally fine that's what I think I mean Corn to me are still like a metal band they draw metal crowds and even though it's probably you know an average age of kind of 30s-ish as well. You, I think I think you're going to get more mosh-bitting, you'll get people losing their shit, you know what I mean? Like when Corn play blind, that's going to have a very different kind of vibe around it than when Alice in Chains play, you know, down in a hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll get people just going for one band and then leaving and not... It's Corn, isn't it, headlining in Alice in Chains? I think it's, it's a joint, joint. Is it joint? joint okay, joint so I don't know how they'll do that then, whether it will rotate or there will be one band than another band because you might be right those crowds might be different and you might get people leaving after the first one then again if people have paid to see them they're probably going to be fairly pricey mm. arena tickets and people want to feel like they've got their money out of them so what way around would you like to see them? Alice in Chains and then Corn yeah that's what I was because, thinking because you know I do agree with you to an extent in that Alice in Chains have got a more kind of laid back heavy in a different sense kind of vibe 
whereas corn are more all out. Pass, pa- yeah, pass, sort of party metal in mm. a way. Obviously, some of it's harrowing. <laughs> I actually have <laughs> but, them you know, in my. It's, uh... more, it's more kind of people are more likely to sing along and dance to it and get into it in the kind of new metal club way, whereas Alice in Chains is more kind of emotionally heavy, I suppose. On my um, USBs I used to DJ with, uh, I have corn under the subheader of party metal. Well, fact. So I back your. Genre so when he's talking about <laughs> existential misery and sad times and drugs, you're like, yeah. Well, no, not necessarily. I put it to you that uh, <laughs> even though they might not be as famous, the kind of early to mid noughties corn is the best metal like club kind of songs they ever wrote. Yeah, and there's loads of things like um, you're on a single. single and, yeah. Uh, did my time here yeah. to stay? Yeah, so many good twisted transistor. Oh yeah, I love that song. There's lots. Of I love good that songs. era of corn. I think it's so underrated. Um, no, I would see them Alice in Chains and their corn, but so Alice in Chains. I would never like, like to. Yeah, to your point, I've never played that at a metal club night. I, I've danced Alice in Chains at metal club nights. Really? Yeah, but I think you're still talking then the nineties. Like man in a box. The nineties Alice in Chains, not the. Um, 2000s, 2000s. Yeah, you would drop black as way to blue at the peak of the night. You would if it was not at the peak of the night, but you you might play it if it was a specific grunge night. But you not, wanted the calm down song. <laughs> yes, yeah, something at the end. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just really excited. I really hope they bring it here because I would love to see. Well, Alice and Chains so are doing Wembley, aren't they? They're doing like their own dates already. Yeah, but you never know, like next year or something. Yeah. Look at Twins of Evil with Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson. Yeah. They keep doing more legs of Twins of Evil, so you never know what might happen. Yeah. Although I guess if either of them release another record, more likely to be Corn because Alice and Chains had one last year. Yeah. They go off and do their own thing, so. I'm pretty. Yeah, I mean, Corn album's coming this year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We assume, I mean, they've been, they've talked about being in the studio and all the rest of it. So yeah. we will see. Um, massive shout outs to uh, Serena from Svalbard and Millie from Ithaca um, for facing the wrath of angry oh sexist gosh. people on the Metal Hammer Facebook this week. Um, we talked a couple of times about uh, a piece that Stephen Hill did about uh, just loads of great bands that are around at the moment that have women in and, and the kind of perspective that, that it's offering. Few people somehow found reason to be annoyed with that, and so we put some of their comments to uh, Serena and Minnie, and they destroyed them. <laughs> they did destroy them. I don't know if those people who made the comments will be uh, more incensed by that, though. Oh, I hope so. Um, I don't think it's probably going to change change their minds, but it was a cathartic read. So. <laughs> and to be fair, it wasn't just like I mean we've been guilty of running a few. Ha ha. Look at you, pieces. It wasn't really just that. Like they were making quite intricate, like serious points to it. Or, they were making serious you know. points, and it, it's that's how they feel. Like you know, you can shoot down people's experiences all you want, but if that's what they've experienced and that's what they felt, then you know that's the thing. Definitely. And if for some reason you're still thinking, if you're listening to this and you're still thinking, you know, oh, I don't see what the problem is. Honestly, go and read that piece from Serena and Millie because. Uh, it might, you know, it might surprise yourself. You never know. People are asking us some good shit this week. I think we're going to take our time with some of these questions because yeah, but I, the Melham readers have come up trumps. I feel like I need like half a day to go over some I know. questions. I got so many they're, notes. they're really good, and I just want to give some good answers, and I feel the pressure. Yeah, definitely. So I might just let you go first. 
All right, sure. Um, www.facebook.com forward slash Matt Harmon Readers if you want to get stuck in, of course. Uh, Adam Turner says, listening to Metallica live when they did their 30th anniversary shows from the Fillmore, and I was wondering what three rarities would you like to see them drop in the summer on their UK gigs? I'm actually going to step out of this one because... I think I might have said before, I'm a basic metal bitch. <laughs> and I just want to hear the same old songs that you would hear. That's the title of this podcast. I just Done. want to hear the same Metallica songs that you hear. I'm not really very interested in hearing rarities, sorry. Well, there you go. I know that might be a controversial opinion and people will think I'm stupid, but I'm just going to have to go with that. I'm going to let you pick them. I'm just going to opt out. Well, I would love to say I'm going to come in here and sweep the metal points back up for everybody, but my choices probably aren't going to do that. Um... I think Adam, you know, Adam, who asked the question, has has picked some blinding choices that I think any Metallica fan would be stoked with. He's picked Freight, Freight Ends of Sanity, No Leave Clover, that'd be great, and uh, Phantom Lords. So like, all they solid choices. They play No Leave Clover fairly regularly, do they not? I've never seen them play that. Okay, fine. As far as I know, um, I don't think so. Anyway. Stepping out the question. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure I've never seen them play that. Um, Maybe it's just because everyone always talks about it when we talk about set lists. So in my mind, it's you can see on setlist.com while that's, I go through my choices. Hooray! Uh, here's a way more metal. Adam's choice is a way more metal than mine. Um, I would love to see a full-on uh, '90s Metallica onslaught um, because. I think that era is super underrated. Maybe not underrated, but I think maybe underrepresented a lot of the time. Not counting the Black Album, obviously. Um, so I would like to see. S- uh... I'm distracting Merlin. What are you looking at? I was just showing you. <coughs> no Leaf Quaver was last played on February 3rd. Yeah, by a different band. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Opting out the question. My choices would be uh, Sabracadabra. Uh, off of Garage Inc. It's probably my favourite cover song of all time. Um, it's just fucking phenomenal. Hetfield's voice sounds so god in it. God? Yeah, we'll go with that. It sounds like god on it. Uh, I would love to hear that. Um, Ain't My Bitch off of Loads. Uh, I'd kill to hear that opening riff get played. Um, we're speaking about basic metal bitches. That is a basic metal song, but I think it's so good. I'd love to hear it. And Unforgiven too, because it's also absolutely wicked. In fact, I would love to see uh, all three Unforgiven songs played one after the other. I think that would be really cool. So those are my choices. I could have picked uh, 20 songs, to be honest, but I thought I'd go for a bit of a 90s slant on mine. Um, let us know what your choices would be on uh, facebook.com forward slash readers. What's next? Which bands make you reach for a live album over a studio album? I feel like we covered this a bit last week. We talked about live albums, didn't we? That was asked by Daniel Vizi, by the way. I'm sorry. Um, what am I doing today? I'm not with it, am I? Well, are there any bands that you would rather listen to on a live album than a studio album? No. <laughs> Although I think I did say last week that... I you really, can answer any of these questions now. I really enjoy Ramstein Live stuff. They had the one at um, Bercy Arena in Paris, and um, I think they just sound good on a live album because there's sort of that bigness feeling and <laughs> a feeling the cheek of, of you ripping on my pronunciation of a stuff. feeling of bigness <laughs> and i think it's that. almost like 
I associate it with seeing the show and being excited about the show and how big it is. So then when you listen to those songs, well, when I listen to those songs, it makes me feel excited and I kind of like listening to those albums live. And then there's specific shows, there's bands who've done specific shows and recorded them that I like listening to. Devon Townsend did the one in Plovdiv in Bulgaria at the Ancient Roman Theatre and I was there at that show. That's a nice one to have to listen back to. Mm. So I think, yeah, specific sort of incidences I like to, to listen to that I've been to. and I'm kind of the same. I mean, yeah, we did talk about this last week because we were discussing whether uh, live albums are a cash grab or worthwhile. Um, and I think, you know, again, Maiden, for me, put out a live album, pretty much at least one on every album cycle. And I, and I always go back to them because uh, I like hearing the set lists mixed up in different ways. I like hearing... Almost, almost recent songs um, live more than anything because you know there's a million live versions of the trooper out there. Um, I'd say fifty percent of the time I want to listen to Thin Lizzy, I'll just go straight to Live and Dangerous. Um, no seat till Hammersmith, of course. Motorhead, I, I probably play that as much as any any studio Motorhead album. Um, if you want blood. Um, uh, by ACDC and also their other one that I can't remember that they released quite recently I li- basically I listen to loads of live ABC- ACDC and Kiss as well because Alive is the best Kiss album so those are my choices good good choices my wife and I not me have recently found out we are experiencing our first child experiencing ah. Expecting. Oh, expecting. <laughs> Fucking hell. <Yeah. laughs> i expecting our first child. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's exciting. To Hugh Eggington and his missus. Uh, yeah, Hugh says, so they're, they're having, they've got baby on the way and no way am I having my son, daughter not listening to metal. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'd be the same. Um, <laughs> what should I start playing it now in utero to ensure I have myself a little metal head? Well, I kind of went down... You asked this one. <laughs> I might do. Uh, well, I was going down the educational route, actually. I was thinking, what songs could imbue some of the spirit of metal and also give them a head start when they come out of the womb? So I was thinking... <laughs> Bodies by Drowning Pool. Jesus Christ! You count, you count in it. So there's the one, two, Fuck three, four. Know. That's not going to freak a child out. It's fine. It's just, you know, it's quite rhythmic. You know, it's quite sort of... Basy and rhythmic and you know those things so this is when the mum's giving birth no in, in utero it means in the womb oh no I know in utero does I thought because I was thinking of that one something's got to give something's <laughs> got <laughs> I mean I don't know I, the baby hit the bird the welcoming hands of the doctor and nurses waiting <laughs> <laughs> or if you like the Kardashians you just put your hands out and catch the baby yourself what have you not seen that no I don't watch that trash. <laughs> it's on YouTube. What if, you, if you read women's like websites, it was all over them. I think it was Kim Kardashian. Maybe it's one of the other ones, I'm not sure. Um, they were all the same. They were giving birth and she put her hands um, just like down to catch, catch in inverted commas, the baby. So basically as she was giving birth to the baby, she put her hands out as so the baby kind of went into her hands. And everyone was hailing. Into her own hands? Yeah. How? Because she just put her hands down. Well, like that. Like by her vagina. <laughs> yeah, but. Your... Yeah, I guess. But yeah, and so she just gave birth into her hands. So it was this massive thing on like women's websites that she caught her own baby. That's how they sold it. How fast did it come out? <laughs> she had a reasonable face. I'll show you the 
video. <laughs> I'm good. I'm fine. I don't need to see that. But yeah, in utero, humans inside the womb. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, well, you know, bodies, I just think, if you could educate children in the womb, they could learn to count. Wow. I, I, I was thinking like kind of, I was trying to think of like nice kind of warm I've done, stuff. I've done some more. Oh, go on then, sorry. Yeah. So on the counting theme, Ramstein links two, three, four. Oh, this baby's going to come out an absolute <laughs> state. Because Stop then it. I can learn German, links two, three, four. And also Sonne, he counts at the beginning in German. So you're trying to, what? <laughs> I don't think babies start counting until they're about two. But I'm just saying they lay the foundations. And then I thought maybe you could play some baby metal so they can learn Japanese. I've got baby metal as well, just because I thought... Well, I'm kind of... Yeah, I'm kind of thinking of this like it's a little baby, not when it's yeah, just so in the womb. I just thought, you know, it's never too early to start with education. Um, well, I was thinking more like warmer, nice stuff. <laughs> so like, I was thinking like the slower clutch songs. Um, I've got Baroness in here as well. That would be nice. Like Chlorine and Wine. That would be a nice song to play for little baby. Um, yeah. Or just Ramstein is fine, I guess. Educational. Uh, but I was also kicking th- fucking double bass drums. I was also thinking you could play Team Sleep, just because be nice. you know they're quite sort of nice songs. And then you know maybe uh, you know if the fetus remembered when it was a baby and came out, you know when it was asleep, you could play those same songs to soothe. Does that happen? No, I'm just making up science. Right. I'm but- slightly <laughs> worried about your attitude towards babies here. I'm going to be honest. Now. There are studies that say. Um, you should play classical music to babies in the womb, but I don't think there's actually any... I don't think there's any weight behind it, really. I got played a lot of reggae, I think. Did you? Yeah. Also, my dad says, anyway. Came out heavier. Came out... Yeah, came out with... Fuck that! I went straight to Napalm Death, like every Metalhead fan does. But there's lots, there's lots of bands that I think are quite nice to play. Like, there's some nice Deftone songs that will be good. I got my friend, um, in all seriousness, after his son was born one of those CDs where they make the songs into lullabies and I got him a Deftones one and that's actually quite nice. That's they cool. don't have any vocals on them, it's just the sound of the music lullabified. Awesome. So that's quite cool and it means you can listen to all your favourite songs with the baby in a relaxing way. Hooray! Well congrats again to Hugh and his wife for uh, their first baby being on the way. Um, you can do this one, I just did that didn't I? Yeah. <clears throat> Elliot Lever asks, which band that doesn't play metal has the most metal name? I reckon I've smashed this. Go on. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, it's kind of hard to do these because they, when you say the band's name, you get an image of what they're like and the music they play. So it's quite hard to reimagine that as metal. But if you just think these bands didn't exist and uh, it was a brand new band and you heard the band name, I think you would assume it was a metal band. All right. So I've written down Outcast. Yeah. Again, they put a K in it, so it gives it a different vibe. But if the, uh, to me, that sounds like an '80s kind of nuclear thrash band. Yeah, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Yeah, with a logo with some sort of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Aphex Twin. That just sounds like that should be some weird kind of uh, prog death metal band to me. Um, do you know? You know Camel Fat. I think yeah. I, yeah, so that, if you're called Camel Fat, that sounds to me like you should be playing really slow, lumbering, stoner doom. Yeah, Desert Rock. Because exactly. there's a band called Woe Fat. Yeah, there is. Which is there. almost like... Exactly. I can see their name in kind of big, fl- like, um, like not fluffy, but like those big, thick letters. That I can as well, there. yeah. You know like, I mean? almost like, sort of, yeah, fuzzy like, cloud. Yeah, fuzzy cloud, exactly. Um, Underworld. Surely yeah. that is a metal band name. Yeah. Like, there must be a death metal band kicking themselves over that in the 80s. 
Uh, Knife Party sounds like yeah, a that's a brilliant kind one. of metallic hardcore band to me. Uh, these are all brilliant artists, by the way. If you haven't checked any of them out, I mean, NFX and Underworld are quite well established. Knife Party is the kind of more dubstepy, chart dancey side project of um, at least one of the Pendulum guys. I'm pretty sure Rob's in it. Uh, their album's awesome, and also Pendulum. That's yeah. a doom metal band. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. So yeah, those I could are my hear, choices. I could hear Jonathan in my mind talking about how the music sounds like a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just about how the, and how it resonates with you. Yeah. In this rhythmical fashion, which sounds like it's from a primal place, like it had been with you since the womb. Fully backed. I, I. This should happen. They probably can't. I feel really embarrassed now because I did this 10 seconds before we started recording and mine is so terrible. Go on then. I can't. No, this is really bad. The first one... (laughs) The first one was Maroon 5. What? Because Maroon is like a dark red. (laughs) We are Maroon 5! It's like a dark red that's not quite black. This but next one is called She Will Be <laughs> If you were going to choose the most metal shade of brown or of red, you'd pick maroon. Now, maroon is not... <laughs> that does not sound metal at all. We are maroon. No. Yeah, but this is what I mean. I did it in one minute and yours were actually really well thought out good choices. Um, another one I picked was Counting Crows just because it has the word crows in it. Yeah, I can see that. But again, it's very weak. But you shouldn't be counting them, you should be eating them or something. Yeah, and then D and words, just because written down, it looks I like die. I written down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, it kind of looks really metal, but it doesn't yeah. sound that metal when yeah. you say it. Oh, I feel very shamed by yours. You would get 100% in the <laughs> metal name exam. Absolutely. And I would get a U. Pointless, uh, pointless test. Great, though. Uh, Genuinely actually like yours a lot. Thanks. I'm proud. I'm proud. Maybe it'll be the best thing I do today. <laughs> Hyle asks, uh, if an album from 10 years ago was released today, which record would still sound the most relevant? 2009 was a banging year as well. I went with Lamb of God and Wrath. I've got that written right there. Right. Uh, I really love that record when it came out. I think it still stands up and is good. I don't think Lamb of God will ever sound dated. Like, I genuinely don't. Like, when metal's that heavy and vibrant and kind of groovy and just, like, that that's... How can that ever go out of style? I think maybe as well, because you could obviously say they came up with the whole um, new wave of American heavy metal thing, or that was, like, a tag that was given to it. But it also doesn't feel like it's pinned to a certain time. No. It doesn't feel like it's totally sort of, not. you know, trapped and dated. It just feels like it's good metal. I'll go as far to say that mainstream metal hasn't really progressed past it very convincingly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, to me, that yeah. metal evolved over all these years and obviously Pantera kind of set the, pe- the template for it and then Lamb of God, to me, pushed it on a little bit further. And yeah. I don't think it's really been taken forward No, not in to ter- that level. Not in terms saying. of kind of, I'm going to say mainstream, but you know what I mean. Not in terms of sort of straight down the line, good metal. There's yeah, lots exactly. of people that have taken it into interesting places, but just in terms of like... Good metal songs. You just can't, like, if you've got a song like Set to Fail, you just can't That's beat that. Great. Like, how can you, like, match that? If they're just, what a band. I actually just got chills singing it in my own head. <laughs> I love it so much. Can we get a new album as well, please? I know Mark's off doing his, like, 
Yeah, I did like that. Project, I would but... love to hear another Lamb of God record, yeah, and that would mean they would have to come and tour again, which obviously they never do. <laughs> <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Have you got any others? I've got a few. No. Um, I've got Crack the Sky by Mastodon. Oh, wow, that's it's amazing So beautiful record. and vibrant, and it's heavy, but it's, oh, it's, <laughs> but it's melodic. Absolutely brilliant, though. Um, so good. Um, I got uh, thrown off, speaking of constantly pronouncing stuff terribly, Evangeline or Evangeline or Evangelion? In my head, it's Evangelion. That's what I thought, but I heard another podcast talk about uh, Evangelion. No, Evangeline, they said the other Evangelion. Day. It's spelled like Evangelion, but it feels like it should be one word. Someone please tell I us. I should know this. Facebook.com and slash Metal really. Hammer Readers. I'm just pathetic. Anyway, the Behemoth album before The Satanist. Um, the Satanist, to me, one of the greatest metal albums of all time. But... Uh, Evangelion is really, 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 really fucking good as well. And if you listen to it now, I still think even that album uh, just sounds absolutely crushing and better than um, not most stuff. I don't want to, you know, piss over what is a very, very vibrant extreme metal scene at the moment. But if that album came out today, I still think people would be losing their shit over it, and quite rightly. Uh, on that note, I've got Black Cascades as well, one of my favourite black metal albums by uh, Wolves in the Throne Room. Um, I picked that because I kind of feel like that... I'm not, they didn't quite start it, but to me, they kind of helped to perfect that melodic black metal vibe on there. Um, I talked about you are there earlier, and uh, you can just hear that kind of template everywhere in the scene now. And so I think that very much sounds relevant. Uh, I had Wrath as well, and I've got Endgame by Megadeth which I think is the best thrash album of the 21st century. Oh, until claim. Until that Power Trip album came along. Mm, that's close. But yeah, Endgame, I think, um, is the best album by a big four band since... I don't even know. Certainly the 90s. Maybe even before that. So yeah, those would be my choices. There you go. Good. You have to pick one, though. Oh, um, well, as you pick Wrath, I'd probably pick... Uh, I'd probably pick Crack the Sky, because it's a bit of a fresher template than Endgame was, I guess. So Good choices. Thanks. Scott asks, which band has used the children's choir the best? I quite like Pittsburgh by The Amity Affliction. Good song. I like that song very much. Um, I've got Behemoth again. Survive. So album. Just, I think it's just because it's the most recent one as well. It's kind of sticks in your mind. Yeah, definitely. But I also think it's cool when bands do stuff with choirs in general. Like Devon Townsend on Z2 had the Universal Choir where I just invited people to sing on it and mm. bring me to the Royal Albert Hall show where they had people singing up there. And sometimes it can just be really cool. Just I mean, you know, While She Sleeps are going to be doing it this I just, I just just looked at my notes. Yeah, we're going to see While She Sleeps on Friday. And yeah. they're, they're bringing a... It's not a children's choir though, is no, it? No, so. no. A regular, a proper choir. <laughs> um, so yeah, I and the, the good thing about that is I have no idea what that's going to look like or no, sound I like. No, I don't either. I've been listening to all their stuff again this week, yeah. and I can kind of see bits because they've got so many gang vocal bits, and they've got like basically three vocalists now. Really, I can kind of see those where they can maybe bring those layers in, but I'm fascinated to see how it works. Yeah, at the Roundhouse as well. I mean, that had the capacity to be amazing. Yeah. Should be great. Um, not machine heads. I also put. They yeah, don't know how to use a children's choir. <laughs> I don't. 
I don't mind it, but you hate it, don't you? Oh, yeah, I can't. It's one of my least favourite things that one of my favourite bands has ever done. This is who Ugh. No. No. Came from a good place, though. Yeah, of course. No, I love the sentiment of it. And actually, I think Onto the Locust has actually aged really well. I think and so too. When it first came out, I was a bit like, mm, but now I think that Kitty Quiet bit is probably the only thing on it I don't like. I really don't mind it. Um, yeah, but you like catharsis as well. So. I know I do. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world that likes catharsis. No, you're not. And um, you can all rip on me for all Rob time. Rob Flynn likes it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some brilliant moments on catharsis as well. And I've noticed that Machine Heads are in the studio at the moment. Or Rob's doing something in the studio. Sorry. Yeah, I saw him Instagramming saying he was on a health kick or something. That's the last thing I read. Was that yeah, right? he, said he said he was, was like. I think I saw this right. I think he said he was going on a health kick because he'd gained a lot of weight and he wasn't very happy about it and he wanted to kind of get up and active. I'm pretty sure it's the last thing I saw on Instagram, but you probably look more recently than me. I'm just looking on my phone to see if I didn't make up the machine head in the studio. Yeah. As reported on MetalHammer.com, Machine Heads Rob Flynn is back in the studio, laying down new heaviness, in his own words. So hopefully, that's, I mean, you know, we just took the piss out of a couple of rare sidesteps that Machine Head made, but um, we were gutted when that whole thing went down with Look at his Instagram stories, it's making... You need to stop showing me stuff that people can't see on the radio. He's making a green juice. Okay. That, that was just as exciting to actually look at as you can all imagine it in your heads, <laughs> by the way, everyone listening. <laughs> it's got lemon, mint, kale, quinoa inside it. And I think, yeah, he's, he's doing a cleanse. Jesus Christ. So that's what the world of metal is on Instagram now. It's cleanses. Well, uh, anyway, uh, more importantly, hopefully we're going to get something new under the banner of Machine Head soon. Um, I would love nothing more than for Rob Flynn to kind of snatch victory from the jaws of defeat here and come back with a that's fucking a, That's his MO out. anyway, isn't it? That's like, seems to be where he thrives when the pressure's on. He'll totally. Totally. come back and totally. prove everybody wrong. So. Never, never, uh, never doubt Rob Flynn when he's against the ropes and he's, he's been through some shit recently. Even if he comes out and he, say, he thinks catharsis is a load of shit, I'll still like it, by the way, so... Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think to, to say it was all crap is nonsense, but I could have done without the 78th yeah, It was long. We spoke about this before. It was over long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll be back soon. I'm excited. And preferably in this case, not packing a children's choir. So there we well. go. Well, <clears throat> uh, Ken Love asks, sh- I love this, should Denzel Curry now front Prophets of Rage? Yes, yes, he should. I picked Denzel Curry's last album, Taboo, as um, uh, one of my non Metal Hammer albums of the year last year. Um, if you haven't heard it, it's brilliant. It's one, it's one of my favourite things I've heard in hip hop in years. And he posted an awesome video uh, covering the Rage Against the Machine track, which I highly recommend everyone goes and checks out. And I would fully back Denzel fronting Prophets of Rage. I think it'd be great. So there. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm no, glad you concur. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget, as I very excitedly said at the top of the podcast, we've got a new issue out on Friday. Two world-exclusive ghost covers one world exclusive ghost interview and each cover comes with exclusive gifts as well and we still got a bundle to come ah! yes! next week Al and I will be reviewing while she sleeps packing uh, out the forum uh, not the forum the roundhouse which is even bigger in yeah. London 
uh, bringing a choir with them. No idea what that's going to sound like, but we will tell you all about it next week. Um, we'll see you then. Please ask us some more questions and I will look at them. <laughs> Do some research. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have some thoughts. Good God. See you all next week, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.